So, uh, how are you, Billy? I'm pretty good. How are you, Gordon? I'm doing fine. The last time we did this, we said we were going to be more frequent. So, here we are again, like three or four weeks later. We lied. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, things happen. Well, it, nothing ever happens regularly over the last two months of the year. The holidays really throw a wrench in everything. Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> this holiday was no exception. We had our family. We had my sister come in from Philadelphia, and then Jennifer had family in. And so for the first time in a long time, we had a a big Thanksgiving in our house. Like we've been to several big Thanksgivings, but we've never really hosted a big one. And it was pretty nice. I got to say, aside from all the prep work that goes into getting your house ready and, you know, making food, <laughs> um, the actual, you know, looking around and seeing people in your house, having a good time and enjoying each other and things like that, you know, uh, you reach a certain age where that starts becoming important to you in life. And so we were, we were pretty happy about that and um yeah so how, how was your how was your holiday um I, I ate a lot over the course of two days unbutton your pants and fell asleep yep <laughs> yep you know yeah i did that i did all that too um, i got i got gravy on my stretchy pants you know <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something chief wiggum would say <laughs> I got crazy. I can't do a weekend. Um, the ring came off my pudding can. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say though, um, one part of the the current holiday season has been pretty um, not great, I guess, and that's uh, usually the second weekend after Thanksgiving we go hunt for Christmas trees, and uh, in the publication this month we had a short story about you know how that's really hard to to find trees um real trees and i did not heed your writing gordon i I still waited and so when i went to Mm. to go look for trees um the majority of providers here in sanford are you know they sold out right after thanksgiving um a very small lot in lillington on my way to work I noticed they had a few trees left this past weekend. And so I pulled in there on Friday and uh, it was just this little old man who was there and there was about eight trees left and five of them were tagged as sold. And so it was really down to three trees. It was two Charlie Brown type trees and one that could pass for a nice Fraser fir if you trimmed it a little and, you know, got all the squirrels out of it and stuff. And so we ended up doing that and uh, thankfully got our tree, probably the last tree in, in North Carolina. And uh, uh, But I've been talking to a lot of other people. Not only are they having hard times finding trees, um, they're also charging out the, you know what, for them too. So um, we have friends that spent $200 on a, on a regular Fraser fir tree. Unfortunately for us, ours was still priced regularly, 
about what we usually pay for a tree. It was a little bit smaller, a little bit skinnier, but it's still a pretty good, a pretty good tree. Um, funny, funny story about that though, is the, uh, the old man there. Um, I asked him, I, I brought my car with me. I didn't bring the van. And so I said, can you tie this to my car? And he looked at the car and he said, well, I've never tied a tree to a, to a car before. And, and, uh, you know, immediately the red flags went up and then, uh, I went to go pay for it and he didn't know how to use the credit card machine. So I had to show him how to do that. I had to show him how to swipe it. And then I had to show him how to print out a receipt and to email me a receipt. And then when we decided I would just have to come back with a van to do it, he said, Oh, well, I'm going to be leaving here in about 30 minutes. Just come through the gate and bring it with you. <laughs> so, and so I got there that evening and, uh, I had to break in. I had to go grab my tree, and then I had to cross the street with it and uh, and go throw it in in my van. And so it just all seemed very shady, the whole thing. And now I'm starting to think that maybe he didn't really work there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the whole thing was. Uh, you come yeah. back and there's like no Christmas tree lot, and somebody's like, "Well, that was old man Jenkins who died 40 <laughs> years ago." Well, if you're a real tree buyer like we are, it's uh, it's troubling. It's, oh, and so the other thing is we said, okay, well, maybe we'll just do a, a fake tree. I had no idea how much a fake tree costs. I was expecting roughly the, the cost of a real tree. Um, but no, they run anywhere from like $300 to $500, $600. Or you get more use out of them. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you're paying for it in the long run. You're, you're saving money, but that's a lot of money. Okay, so for the last five or six months, our guest has been working with the rant as a government reporter covering all things local government. Um, Richard Solons came to us, I want to say, in the late spring, early summer, and has really hit the ground running. So we just wanted to talk to him today about um, his contributions to the rant and what it's like to work for us and how, how it came to be. So Richard, thank you for coming on. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm not really sure I can explain all this myself, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it's been kind of a, a long trip, but it's been a fun trip. I, I got to tell you, I've had more fun in the last six months doing this than, you know, I, I, I had since my last trip to Disney World. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, if I remember correctly, you emailed us, you emailed Billy and I after seeing a copy of our paper and just kind of asked how you can how, how you could get involved, um, which isn't something we hear a lot of. We get a lot, you know, you, you get feedback that's often complaints, but but nobody saying, you know, how can I be a part of this? What what was it that that sort of led you to do that? Well, um, I got married back in uh, January of this year. I, I married the pastor of the local Lutheran church and uh, moved to Sanford. And um, so when I did, uh, she had a subscription to the, the other local paper and uh, I just uh, read it and, and I was just sort of like, you know, there, there, there's got to be more than this. There's, there has to be something better. And um, so she uh, told me about the rant. And um, so we were at a, a restaurant and uh, there was a copy and I picked it up and I thought, 
well, these guys really, uh, this is where it's at right here, you know, because they take a different take on on the community and on the news, and they don't take themselves too seriously. <laughs> and that's really what I liked, you know, and uh, that's what that's I wanted the key to do. To it all. Yeah. So I decided that uh, um, when I began my my career right out of college, um, I had worked for a, a a radio station and a newspaper. The, the one guy owned both of them at a small town uh, in the mountains in the western part of the state, and so I had had uh, had some experience in journalism for two or three, four years. I decided that, you know, I, I think I'd like to go back and do that. Um, so uh, I had retired from community colleges after 30 years of doing government relations work for them and fundraising. And I, I, I didn't want to write another grant. I swore I'd, I, I would not write another grant if my life depended on it. So uh, I thought, well, you know, local politics is something I really care a lot about. And so I thought I'll just approach these guys and see if they might be interested in having somebody to go out and cover some of these uh, local government meetings so they don't have to do it all the time. And uh, so I, I sent you an, an email uh, about it and uh, you were all too happy to have somebody to, to go and do it. So you could stay home and kick your feet up on the sofa, you know, and uh, not well, have to do that. Well, in this day and age, you know, you don't even really have to go to the meetings because they're posted online and they're often live streamed anymore. But like you said about writing grants, if I never have to cover another, another local government meeting again, it might be too soon. So <laughs> it's, it's a good trade-off. Covering local news uh, is, uh, for me, it's a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. my undergraduate degree was political science and, um, my college advisor was the state manager for a national presidential candidate uh, who will go unnamed. <laughs> uh, uh, but he, um, uh, said to me in that campaign year, he said, you know, if you want to stay in the classroom, I can teach you a lot about how government works. But if you want to know where the rubber meets the road, you know, come with me on the weekends and um, I'll right. teach you, you know, how it's done. And so I did. And I got to know uh, how local politics works. And I've always been fascinated by it. And, you know, Tip O'Neill famously said, all politics is local. And so uh, I think that uh, the, the, the lower and level that we go, uh, the more interesting it gets. I, I've had the privilege of working on Capitol Hill. I, I worked in both the House and the Senate as congressional aides. And uh, some of the most fun times of my life have been taking visitors all the way to the top of the, the Capitol Dome. Mm -hmm. you know, or going to a joint session of Congress and sitting behind the vice president's wife, but, you know, told I couldn't talk to her. <laughs> so, uh, um, but uh, coming back here and 
getting to meet people who make the decisions and seeing the dynamics between factions and between groups, that to me is just, uh, that's as interesting as it gets. And, you know, the average uh, person, um, I think in this county, this is a very politically attuned county, um, but a lot of people don't know the mechanics of how it works. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I see my job is to help people understand the nuts and bolts of what makes Lee County government run, uh, whether that's the city council or uh, the folks down at Broadway or the county commission or the school board or some of these other quasi government bodies that that uh, help keep things running here. So uh, it's just been a blast. I have to tell you, my wife will ask me, where are you going tonight? Or uh, what are you going to be doing this week? Or what are you going to be writing on? You know, so, uh, but um, I just really enjoy sitting down, you know, behind a laptop and trying to tell a story and to try and, you know, a thousand words or 1200 words or however many it may be to help people to understand what happened um, and why it's important to them and how it affects their lives. I I think that's, uh, I think if you can do that and do that well, then you've really done a service, I think, for people. Yeah. And when we first talked, the whole, the whole idea was, you know, meeting coverage is nice, but instead of focusing on, you know, here's how this vote went and here's how that vote went, like, more focusing on on what does it mean to the average person and i think you've done a great job with that um and in fact i've seen people responding to stories you've written that are people i don't normally think of as super interested in politics so that means that you're i mean you're 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 doing this coverage in a way that that gets to people who might not otherwise read that story uh you know i think it's interesting when uh um you know, for the first couple of months, nobody knew who I was. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's almost like I was, uh, you know, in disguise or, you know, I was incognito. I, I was going to these things, you know, and uh, people were saying, who's that guy with that laptop over there? He must be a stenographer or something. The way he's taking all those notes and everything. But after a while, people figured out uh, who I was. And so over the last... Um, Really, over the last three or four months, uh, I've had people start to reach out and say, hey, do you know about this that's going on? Mm-hmm. In fact, that's, you know, we had a story that that uh, we published this week. Uh, someone sent me an email about it, um, and uh, I didn't know anything about it. And, you know, it's cultivating uh, that kind of relationship with readers. I think that's that's important. Right. And, you know, when you're sitting in a restaurant and somebody you really don't know, it, it, it can be a little bit unnerving, too. You know, you're sitting in a restaurant and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I really like what you're writing on the rant. Keep it up. You know, and yeah. it's like, how do you know who I am and what I look like? You know? Right. But. So, so one of the problem, one of the uh, challenges we had originally was, um, you know, it's like you said, uh, we don't take ourselves incredibly seriously, but that that's a catch twenty two sometimes because um, when we would show up at at meetings or something like that, uh, 
you know, it, it wasn't always, we weren't always treated like quote unquote real media. And I think, uh, I think you've definitely brought a, uh, a sense of more importance to, <laughs> to our publication and to our website. And that's definitely appreciated, but, um, just curious, uh, did you ever have um, issues early on after they finally found out who you were that uh, that maybe you, you're not the you're not the herald and we've always for the last 70 years dealt with the herald um, things are changing but you know politicians are usually the last to come around on things like that do, do you find that uh, you're being treated more like media or was that a challenge at first well I think at first, I think when people don't know you, and that's especially true, I think, of politicians, they keep you at arm's length because they really don't want to, they don't know what it is you're going to say. They don't know if you've got an axe to grind or do you have some sort of agenda that they don't see or something that they don't know about. And and they're trying to feel you out to see you know, are you honest? Are you on the up and up? You know, are you really who you say you are? And after a while, I think, you know, and, and I always encourage those guys when I reach out to them is, you know, read some things I've written. Um, I know I did that with um, uh, someone who's a, a politically uh, powerful person here in the county, not several months ago. And uh, I'd been asking him for a meeting and he, he just was just blowing me off and uh so uh, i finally said to him will you please read something i've written and uh after that he, he came back and said sure i'd love to meet with you and uh so um after that uh you know it's it takes a little bit i think for for people to to kind of get to know you um once they do um you know it seems like people are more forthcoming and they're more, more open. And, and, um, you know, it's, it, I, I always read the comments that people write about the stories that we do. And, um, uh, yes, I think most of the people who, who leave those comments really like what we, what we do. And, and you know, there are some people that hate our guts, you know, but, um, <laughs> that's, I, I well, that's think, what's amazed me the most is, um, there's no bigger joy for anybody in a community than to hate on their local newspaper. And when we all, we all used to work at the Herald, um, that was something that we dealt with. Uh, people love to find your mistakes. People love to call you out on them. Um, we don't get that as much with this. And I think, I think that approach helps of we don't take ourselves too seriously. So it's not as fun to, to, to bash us because when they bash us, we usually come back with a, self-deprecating response or something like that but um but just to what you said um the comments on your stories in particular um it, i feel like there there is you know a few things said here and there but for the most part um we are engaging conversations and people will you know there will be reply threads to different comments on there and people Sometimes it'll get ugly, but for the most part, I think we're having legitimate back and forth with each other. And, and uh, I see that uh, in particular on your stories. And I think if that's if if we can do that, if we can tell um, a story and get people to have um, a discussion among themselves about those issues 
then I think we've accomplished something. Um, I think so many times it, it sort of devolves into name calling and, and um, those kinds of things. And, and there's still quite a bit of that, you know, but, um, but if we can get people to, to read, <laughs> there's one, there's one guy who, who, who said a couple of times on some things I've written, he says, this is why I never read the rant. You know, because of yada yada yada, and he keeps coming back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, saying the same thing. So he's still reading. You know, yeah. so uh, so you know that's that's good when that that kind of thing happens. But you know, it's it's good because uh, now, but you know, when I go to uh, a public meeting of some sort, the people who are are running the meetings, and when I say running meetings, I'm not talking about the elected officials. I'm talking about the the people who are the board secretaries or the clerks yeah. and all those kinds yeah. of things you know they're the ones who make the show go and they will always you know come over and say hey how are you doing here's a copy of the agenda do you need a place to sit down we have a table for you over here here's an electrical outlet if you need to plug in your laptop you know they make sure you have all those things that you need and you know that wasn't happening a few months ago yeah and uh so, so, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of acceptance is good. I think. Very, very early on as a reporter myself, I was 22 or 23 years old. Somebody told me that, that those are, yeah, you need to know who the elected officials are, the people doing the talking, but you also need to know the clerk because the clerk knows everything. <laughs> right. That's right. So if you can, if you can make a relationship there, that's going to help your job immensely. Has there been Richard anything that um, that maybe you didn't expect when you when you first reached out to us that you've experienced over the last few months? Well, that's a loaded question right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, maybe I should ask my agent about that. Right. <laughs> my wife is my agent. She, right. That's what she. That's her title. She says. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't maybe as prepared uh, for the depth, maybe, of some of the, the intense political feeling that I understand, um, you know, that, that I've seen here. Um, and, and I say that, you know, from having a, a background working you know, for years on Capitol Hill and then spending, you know, 30 years walking the halls of the state legislature and mm -hmm. uh, those kind of things. I mean, you know, there's a time for politics in both of those places. And then at the end of the day, you put those politics aside. But here it, it's different. You know, we you, people wear their politics on their sleeve here. And uh, that was, I think I was a little unprepared for that. Um, um, I think that's probably the only thing. I don't know I, if that, that's a Stanford thing or if that's just the way politics are the, these days. Like, I, I think that's uh, true. Yeah. And it tends to be true at the lower level. The lower you go, I think the more true that is. Lee County yeah. has had a reputation for a long time as, as having some particularly crazy local politics. Um, there have been some, I mean, I can think back 15, 20 years ago and think about some of the crazy stuff we covered. And I, I don't know that it doesn't happen in other communities, but 
I do know people who have worked here and gone on to work in bigger places have said things like, man, those politics in Lee County were crazy, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, it's some very nice people have uh, invested some time in me to school me mm-hmm. on Lee County politics. And I grew up in the Western part of the state uh, in a very small, uh, the county I grew up in was about one third the size of Lee County. Wow. It's, it's mountain politics. So um we didn't have a two-party system there. We had one party that had two factions. Yep. So uh, it's it's different. Um, but, you know, um, it, it's good when you have people who believe in you and who will take the time to answer your questions and who will spend that time and give you the background on uh, what's happened and because they want you to have that so that, you know, that makes a better reporter out of me. If I know what happened years ago, Um, I can speak pretty truthfully about what's happened in the last six months, but beyond that, um, you know, it's me and the internet pretty much. Uh, but uh, there had been people on, on both sides of uh, the aisle and people that I don't know which side of the aisle they're on, but right. they have, have given me a lot of good information about the history of, of this county and, and its political system. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, but, you know, this is, um, you know, I've done a lot of, of fun things in my life. You know, I've, uh, I, I remember you know, meeting ambassadors and prime ministers and flying on Air Force One and, you know, all those kinds of fun things. But I don't think I've ever done anything as fun as this job is. That's awesome. That is so and cool to hear that. Just, uh, you know, it's just you get to go out and you see how people, um, how people's lives are changed by what goes on locally and and you get to see how it impacts people and now i have the opportunity to tell that story to people and yeah. just uh, it's a great calling you know well it's really as i've told you uh it's really added a new dimension to to our product and so we're grateful for that and i think you're doing an awesome job I'll be sure to pass that on to my agent. She'll be <laughs> glad to hear that. So. Awesome. Well, Richard, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure we'll, we will be talking again shortly as I know that you are currently working on stories. So I will let you get back to this, uh, that, and I will loop back with you when we are, uh, when we're done with this podcast. Sounds great. That was a good talk with Richard. Um, I felt like it could have gone on another 30 minutes. He's uh, he's our guest today, Richard Sullins. You, If you've followed us on our website, you've seen his name a lot. And uh, he's become the Rants government writer. And I didn't I didn't know his background. I didn't know he, he worked in Capitol Hill. Yeah. He's got a 
wide range of experience of, of interesting experience that I thought when I first met with him was going to make him, you know, successful in working yeah. with us, but he, he really has done a good job. Um, one other topic I want to address is there is something now billing itself as Sanford's number one radio show slash podcast. Oh, you're going to bring this up. And um, I thought we were going to leave this alone. I just want to point out that there aren't even any episodes yet. There are something <laughs> called pre-episodes, <laughs> but there aren't any episodes yet. And I, I just saw the the claim and uh, my, you know, part of me wanted to say, well, I guess there's, you know, there's, there's got to be ways to find at least average listenership, viewership numbers like that. But I didn't figure it was that big of a deal. But if you said he's making that claim and hasn't had any shows yet, that's, that's he has pre pre episodes. He calls them. They're just little 10, seven, eight, 10 minute things. But I don't even think that we're the top podcast because we had a story about those guys that do the King of Queens podcast. Yeah. It's gotta be them. Right. Right. I mean, I guess only one of them's in Sanford, but even if you just take 50% of their listenership, it's probably bigger than, you know, anything. That's any, any other podcast that's come out of Sanford. I worked with a, I won't name who this person is, but I worked with someone in in, in Campbell. Um, she no longer works here. Who um, had gone through a divorce, and she and another recent divorcee did a podcast about being newly single or something like that. And uh, I, I, you know, scoffed at it. Oh, whatever, you know. And like first week, they're in the tens of thousands of listeners. It <laughs> seems know. like a like a like a bad idea, like letting your ex husband know. <laughs> well, that's yeah. And again, um, it didn't last long, I and mean, they had a ton of listeners, but I think they ran out of content. <laughs> you can only complain so much <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they got they got new got new boyfriends <laughs> well that's the first few episodes was basically about you know what kind of a jerks they used to live with and uh um and i think they drank wine while they did it and it was one of those but uh, <laughs> but, that, but yeah it was uh insanely you know caught on quickly and i guess you have to pick topics that are more far-reaching than sanford talk <laughs> right <laughs> Even if we hit every listener, every person listens to us and downloads it, um, you can only go so high with that. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's and that's coming out of Lillington. So you know, there, there's got to be other podcasts that we don't know about. I, I think this guy's making a false claim. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't claim by any specific metric to be number one. He just claims to be number one. Maybe he just thinks that number one is best, and he thinks his is best, and. You know, there's no um, there's no refuting that other than by opinion. So this is true. Have you listened to it yet? Yes. Is it the best? I've only gotten through the first episode. Have you watched Get Back yet? I have not. Is that something you're interested in? I don't really think much of the Beatles, you know? I'm kidding, of course. No, I just, uh, haven't, I I just, haven't, I just haven't watched it yet. Well, 
it's like it's something that everybody's talking about and then you know i wanted to watch it i want like i said i only watched the first two hours of it but um uh um there's some things out there where people beat you over the head with it and you just don't want to see it you know, out of spite to all of them. so i didn't know if that's where you were no no although i mean i know what you're talking about when everybody's trying to be part of the discourse and but no that's not why i just haven't watched it i've been watching i want to things. talk ab- i want to talk about it on here when you do because uh um you're in a band that's um almost as popular as the beatles but, yeah uh what what really catches me about this is they're at this point in their careers they're the biggest things ever and yet they're sitting in a circle and they can't figure out what's next. And um, they only come in with like three songs. You can tell the whole time Paul is trying to keep everything together. John's sitting next to Yoko and Yoko's not doing anything wrong. You know, they're sitting together, but John's mind is somewhere else. He only comes with one song. George Harrison has like 30 songs, but no one wants to listen to George Harrison. <laughs> it's, it's so, I mean, George plays all things must pass. In, in this session and it sounds amazing it's just him and it sounds amazing and um and uh that it, you don't hear from it again and so he saves that for later and then he uh he presents i me mine and uh i think john lennon says we don't put waltzes on beetle records or something like that <laughs> just good lord i mean they just dismissed him and I, in the first episode he says I'm quitting the band now. And he just walks out. <laughs> and that's, yeah, it was great. But no, it's fantastic. I can't wait to watch the other 27 hours of it. Yeah, it's long. It's kind of daunting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like eight and a half hours or something total, but um, it's quite good. It's quite quite worthy of the, the banter that's going about. That's all I got, man. 